What's going on guys? It's Nick here. Back with another video. It's week 13. It's only two more weeks until the fantasy playoffs and the waiver wire is basically what you would imagine at this point. No major injuries this week that's opening up number one claims and so most of the names we're going to go over today are ones you've already heard. There are a few names that we definitely should go over, though. And it's actually a really strong week for defense streaming, which is also, you know, a very important thing later in the year. Your starting roster is, like, kind of locked up at this point. It's actually a tough week for buys, and so you are going to be reaching into your bench a little bit. But at this point in the season, one of the major decisions you're going to have to make is streaming defense. So nice when we have good weeks that have a lot of options of defenses that are also not rostered in a lot of leagues. Sit back, hit the like button. Let's start things off with the player you probably want to hear the most, and that's Pat Frymuth, uh available in a little bit over 50% of leagues. It kind of depends on um, league size with this one. I would say competitive 12 team leagues less likely to be open, but you know, eight, 10 team leagues, definitely uh, someone who could be on free agency. Uh, but coming off a really, really good game, uh, nine receptions on 11 targets, 120 yards, doesn't find the end zone, but it doesn't matter when you have that at tight end. That's a very, very good game. Um, I wouldn't go overboard here, though. Kenny Pickett is still a highly mediocre quarterback. Deontay Johnson is still target hog. Um, George Pickens, not necessarily a target hog, but someone who's going to command a hefty target share is going to have better games in the future. Uh, we also know that the Bengals were a dream matchup for tight ends last week. Um, it's not like the number one matchup, but they were, they're a very, very, very strong matchup in terms of like, you know, targeting the tight end position efficiency when the tight end gets targeted. Like it didn't come out of nowhere that he was, I mean, the huge game came out of nowhere, right? Like, no one thought he was going to have 9 for 120, but I don't think anyone should be surprised he had a good game. So, he's definitely someone that if, like, we kind of talked about likely last week, if you're struggling at tight end, you missed out on likely, you're like, oh, no, now I don't have a chance for tight end this season, and now he's there, he's someone I'd still go after, right? Because he's still talented, he's produced in the past, we know he's a good player, we know the role is there, like, he's going to be a strong play moving forward. And so if you need tight end, you haven't been able to figure it out, go after him, right? But I also shouldn't have to tell you that the Steelers offense isn't exactly a model of consistency. They're coming off a good game. That does not mean they're going to have a good game for the rest of the season. And that probably will be the best game Framworth has for the rest of the season. Uh, so definitely go after him if you need a tight end. If you have a top five tight end already, I don't think you need to, even if you were saying, oh, should I play keep away? Honestly, I'd rather use that spot for like a flyer on your bench. Uh, your other top options this week are Keaton Mitchell and Isaiah Likely. I would imagine in most competitive leagues, both are rostered already, but I wanted to note them just in case you're in a league where they are not. Uh, the Ravens are on buy this week, so also monitor free agency if someone happens to drop them. They are still players I would want to be rostering. Um, Mitchell also kind of like took over that backfield last week. It is still unfortunate that like Gus is the goal line back. So even if we see Mitchell, you know, taking over, getting most of the carries, being involved in the receiving game, you're like, oh my goodness, we've got it. When they get inside the 10-yard line, they're probably still going to bring him off the field, put Gus Edwards in, which is going to be frustrating, obviously. Um, but terrible news for Gus Edwards because now he like needs a touchdown. And even then, might not be that great of a play. Definitely someone we should have been selling high on in the past. Uh, but just understand that with Mitchell. I still think he's worth a number one claim because like 
you know, if he's taking over this role and every single week he's adding like 10% to his snap share, he could come out of the bye, have like a 60% snap share, get like 12, 13 carries a week, and all of a sudden we're starting him in the fantasy playoff. So because that's in his range of outcomes, again, he needs to be rostered. And then likely 73% snap share was encouraging. I will say the matchup was really good. And kind of what played out was what I was hesitant with uh, likely in the past and that he doesn't command targets. Like Mark Andrews commands targets. Mark Andrews is a great tight end that'll go out there. And even if the play is not designed to go to Mark Andrews, he can make people miss. He can get open on his own and then gets a high target share because of that. Likely can see the field maybe just as much. I mean, it'll be less than Andrews. But if Likely was on the field for the same amount and getting the same plays, Likely is going to have a lower target share because he doesn't command targets. He's not as good at getting open as Mark Andrews is. And so he's still going to get those short area targets. He's going to get like four or five designed looks every week. And he's athletic enough to turn that into, you know, the four for 40s, the five for 50s that we saw last week. He's athletic enough to get open in the end zone and score. And so he's still someone that if you had Mark Andrews and you added Likely, I'd probably still just keep rolling with Likely. Just understand the upside is still capped because he's not going to command targets on his own. He has to be schemed the ball. That simply caps upside no matter what position you're playing. So overall, with the three we've talked about so far, I do still think Mitchell is worth a number one claim, maybe around 25% of your fab. If he's out there, higher if you know, you're know you at the end of the season, you haven't used any of it yet, sure, go higher. Uh, and then likely, Farmouth, um, both worth maybe around 10%, maybe less, um, really depends on your tight end situation. Um, neither one of them are people you have to go over after if you have a top five tight end already. Behind those top three, um, check if Josh Downs or Jaden Reed are available. Another two I kind of doubt are available in competitive 12-team leagues, but definitely there in 8- and 10-team leagues. Potentially, uh, Downs in particular, he's coming off 13 targets. He gets a dream matchup with the Titans this week. He's grading out in my early projections in the wide receiver 24, which is really, really strong if he's there on free agency. So you could legitimately add him and just throw him in your starting lineup this week, especially, you know, wide receiver three flex spot. He'll be a good play. Uh, and then Jaden Reed, three touchdowns over the last three weeks. Um, he's actually tied for 11th among all players with seven targets inside the 10-yard line. So the touchdowns aren't a fluke. Um, he had the one on the ground, which we can, I guess, maybe call rushing touchdowns for wide receivers semi-fluky. But the role in the red zone, the role inside the 10-yard line, the green zone, they're both very, very strong. So it's not surprising that he's having these touchdowns. Um, he's just a really good player. We know rookies in the second half of the season, that tends to be when they're breaking out. So Downs, uh, Jaden Reed, both players that they're on free agency, you should be going after. Um, I would say that Jaden Reed does not have the same ceiling as Downs, right? Because for downs, it's really only the two of them. There's just more players getting involved on the Packers. Also, the you know target strength, I guess, on the Packers isn't amazing. Um, not a super high volume offense, not a super high volume passing offense. So again, much more upside with downs, but I, I would say both are definitely worth rostering in all formats. After those five, things definitely take a nosedive. So those are like the top five. Go to free agency, check if any of them are available. After that, I don't think any skill player is really worth more than like 1% to 2% of your fab unless there happens to be someone in your free agency that's, you know, like 85% roster. I'm not going to talk about that player in this video, but if that happens to be a case, maybe go after them. But among people who were available and, you know, more than half of leagues, no one else is really worth more than like 1% to 2% of your fab. Um, top options at wide receiver would be 
Noah Brown, because when he returns, I don't know when it's going to happen, but when he does return, he's going to have a strong role. The offense is taking off like he's just a player you would want on your roster. He's out there. Um, Jonathan Mingo uh, finally had a really good game this last week. You'd imagine to end the season, they're probably going to look to develop him, probably going to try and get him more involved because you know they know they're like one of the worst teams in the league. They know they have to see what they have really in Mingo. Like, do they need a true wide receiver one? Like, can Mingo be a one? Can Mingo be a two, three? Like, they kind of have to figure out what his role is going to be moving forward because they got to figure out what they're doing with Bryce Young as well and how they're surrounding him with talent or what talent they're surrounding him with. Uh, so definitely a player you could roster there. But, I mean, upside in the Panthers offense, probably not that great. And then Khalil Shakir, if you need another wide receiver, um, career high 80% of snaps this last week. Didn't translate into a great box score. But he's got a downfield role. Um, the wide receiver three on the Buffalo Bills offense is still a valuable role. So another player you could add there. Um, there are probably other wide receivers that might grade out as like the wide receiver 50 to 60 on a weekly basis. Uh, but I would say those are the ones you're probably looking for. And then anyone else is really just matchup based. Check the rankings. See who you can kind of fill in there. Um, and I'd also say... I'd really only add wide receivers if you need them this week. There's very few wide receivers you're like stashing, right? If you're going to be taking two or three bench spots to stash someone, I would stash the running backs we're about to talk about in a second. Because if we're looking to be like, okay, maybe Shakir is someone who breaks out in the next few games. Like, no, like at this point, we kind of know what the wide receivers are. Unless you're a rookie, you're probably not breaking out in the final few weeks now, like we kind of know what we've seen. And so don't use those last few bench spots for like these fringe wide receivers, get a running back that is one injury away from being a running back too. So my order of preference for the running backs would be Ezekiel Elliott, one, then Ty J Spears, Rico Dowdle, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Leonard Fournette, Zamir White, Ty Chandler, and Travion Williams. I added Zeke to the list, so everyone else was the same as the ones we talked about the last few weeks, um, minus obviously Charbonnet, who's now rostered too many leagues. Uh, but I added Zeke in there because he was actually dropped in a lot of leagues uh, when they had their buy and then wasn't added in a ton after that. The Patriots also do have the fourth best schedule for running backs in the fantasy playoffs. Again, like everyone on this list, you're not starting them if there's no injury, right? Like if you're trying to build a championship team and you're not in, say, a 16 or 14 team league, but if you're in like a 12 team league or less, you're probably not starting Zeke at running back two on a championship squad if Stevenson is still healthy. So understand that all of those players are just going to sit on your bench unless there's an injury or if like Leonard Fournette came out and like had an expanded role post by. But especially like with the Zeke one, if Stevenson went down, you know, they're going to give Zeke a ton of looks. He's going to be involved in the receiving game and in the goal line. If they've got a really good running back schedule, he'll be productive in fantasy. So that's the list I'd go after. Again, it's all injury-based though. So really just go after the ones that you want. For quarterback streaming, uh, you got two pretty decent options this week. It's a tough week for streaming. So we've got six teams on by, and I looked at the top 13. Decent. Uh, 14 on is not very good for streaming quarterbacks. So you do really want uh, one of these two, even though they're not going to stand out amazingly. Again, it's a pretty thin week there. Uh, so Russell Wilson at the Texans and then Gardner Minshew at the Titans. Right now, Wilson's my quarterback eight, Minshew quarterback 13, both definitely viable. Um, the Texans have turned into a plus matchup for quarterbacks, not necessarily because they're like a bad defense. They're a pretty quality defense, and you could honestly stream them this week. Um, I don't think we're going to go over them, but they're an option this week. Um, but 
their offense has been so much better, so improved, that teams are forced to keep up with them, and that's led to elevated passing volume. Uh, they're now allowing the sixth most passing yards per game and now grid out as the second best matchup for opposing quarterbacks of the week, not necessarily overall, just among the teams that are playing this week. Uh, Denver is also last in the NFL with just 12% of their touchdowns coming on the ground. So when they get close, they have tried, like they've tried to do rushing touchdowns. It just hasn't really worked this season. They're leaning to the air. So if we have a week where the Texans get up, that Denver is forced to throw the ball a lot more and forced to try and be aggressive and score more touchdowns, well, those touchdowns are probably going to come through the air because they always have for Denver this season. And so Wilson does have upside. I will note it's a good spot for rushing touchdowns for Denver. But again, uh, last thing I felt 12% coming on the ground. And that's been up recently. There was a lot of weeks where it was like at 5%. They were having 95% of their touchdowns passing finally up to 12%, but that is still last. And then Minshew, um, he gets a matchup with the Titans. The Titans are not the pass funnel they used to be. So it used to be a massive pass funnel, but they still allow really good efficiency to wide receivers and then running backs, especially through the air. And so it is a plus matchup. And like I said before, thin week. So Minshew is the quarterback 13. After the quarterback 13, it falls off a cliff. A lot of these fringe options that would be in the Minshew range have really bad quarterback matchups. And so there's a top 13. There's nothing after that. If you have to go to Minshew, that's fine. Then finally, uh, great week for streaming defenses. There's a lot of defense that are not rostered in very many leagues um, that have really good matchups. So number one, I would say, is the Bucks at home versus the Panthers. Uh, this Panthers offense has been really trash all season. And so not only is this a spot where we could have elevated turnover potential and pick sixes are obviously a potential here, um, elevated sack potential, but there's also very little risk that, you know, the Panthers go out there and score 30. 35 points and you get a zero from the Bucs. Like they're probably not going to score that many points. So worst case, they get a turnover, they get a sack, they don't let up many points and you're like, okay, you know, that wasn't the end of the world, but it's also a potential blow up spot. Like if the Bucs get up and force the Panthers to throw it, easily Bryce Young could make some mistakes in this game, take some sacks uh, and then not score many points. So definitely a good spot for the Bucs. Again, number one for streaming options. Um, you could do the Rams at the Browns, we don't know yet who the Browns quarterback is going to be. It could be um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. It could be P.J. Walker. I don't think it matters all that much. Both are very bad. Uh, both have elevated sack potential, turnover potential. So Rams in a good spot. Uh, behind the Rams, you go Chargers at the Patriots. Probably shouldn't have to explain that one to you. Patriots, very, very bad. Both Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are perfectly capable of throwing multiple pick sixes, fumble, touchdowns, like all of that is on the table against any defense. Chargers, great option there, great high upside option. And then finally, uh, Jaguars at the Bengals. Obviously, we've got Jake Browning now at quarterback for the Bengals. He's taken seven sacks on 47 dropbacks over the last two weeks. If the Jaguars get up, which they should, Bengals have a very bad defense. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot more. Um, another spot where we could see, you know, we should have seen multiple picks, honestly, from Browning last week. He got lucky to not throw like three interceptions. Uh, we could have multiple interceptions here. We could have a pick six. Uh, and then also it's like, you know, the, the potential for points here. Maybe more potential than some other teams we talked about. But the odds that the Bengals go out there and score 30 is still relatively low. So I think all the defenses we just talked about, again, Bucks, Rams, Chargers, Jaguars, all really good options. And I would be surprised if any of them score like 
one or two points. You should get an okay number of points here, which is always great to know from a defense that you're streaming. So that's a look at the week 13 waiver wire. I've got a full list up on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. And then a bunch of other content is updated for week 13 as well. You've got the rest of season rankings and weekly rankings are updated. The advanced stats are all updated. Uh, rest of season strength of schedule is updated. Weekly running back and wide receiver reports are updated. There's a bunch more as well. So again, check that all out, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.